time to bring on our man over at Encore, Brett Blakely. What's going on, Brett? Morning, Brett. Morning. How are you guys? Good, man. Doing great. Uh, you know, it's interesting. We've had a little USJ and RNA uh, further release about the rolling back of the golf ball uh, earlier on the show. Uh, a competitor of yours, the Titleist, the Cushionet Company, um, I get their press releases from Joe Gomes of uh, of Titleist, and they basically said that uh, nope. <laughs> yeah, they nope. don't they don't agree with anything that the USGA and RJ said. So uh, you know, here you are a a manufacturer and up and coming in the industry. Where are you guys on this whole thing? I mean, God, who would have thought? Maybe it's the holidays. Maybe I'm just feeling really warm and fuzzy inside, but I did not think I was going to agree with Titleist on something. <laughs> so, but here we are. You know, it's a Christmas miracle. Um, yeah, you know, at the end of the day, I think what is likely, you know, whether other manufacturers say it or not, I would assume that for the most part, you know, the feeling against it is that it's already a difficult game, right? Mm-hmm. Why would... Why would we do something that's going to make the game more difficult? I, you know, I was on another um, uh, radio show not too long ago, and you know, just brought up the discussion of how this is COVID was so good. Mm. I mean, terrible, obviously for health Huma- and everything. But so yeah. good for the game of golf because right. it was like, man, you saw all this influx of new golfers and people that had never even taken the game, but it was like, man, now this is the one thing I can do to be active and go outside. And so you had all these new golfers coming in. You see how it, it literally changed the face of social media content mm-hmm. and golf content. Um, and so I think, you know, from that standpoint, it's like I just look at this as, as something that's going to um, dampen the, uh, you know, kind of the momentum uh, that the, the industry has had because it is a tough game. So, this is going to have a ripple effect too. I mean, think about your distances, your clubs. Mm-hmm. You're you're pulling out new clubs now for a 170 yard shot that's now going to go 160 or 155 or even five yards shorter. It's going to make a lot of things different. It could affect the uh, the course ratings. It could affect uh, par four is now a par five. You know, <laughs> so yeah. it'll be very. I don't know if they've fully thought that out. Um, because how many times do you go on a course and there's a par four that is maybe just not long enough to be a par five, but it could be right. very easily. And it's mm-hmm. like, so what do you do that? What's, what's, you know, what do you rate that next? Is it going to remain a par four, but now the ball goes 10, 15 yards shorter and it should be a par five. Um, so yeah, I just think it's, it's unfortunate that uh, it's going to make the game more difficult. Yeah. And, and it's, you know, <laughs> And again, I'm going to bring up the the Titleist thing just because, you you know, you said that you agree with them. But here's the thing. It would be very easy for a company like the Akushnik Company to say, sure, because this is an opportunity for us to because we are a huge company and somebody like, you know, Brett, you and Encore are an up and coming brand and, and don't have the same resources or the same market share that they do. And they could say, you know what, let's go ahead and do that because we can get rid of some of the competition. It is interesting that they are on the opposite side of that yeah. saying, no, we don't agree with this. Good and they point. bring up a whole bunch of data that says, you know what, all we've done is make golf courses longer. And now you want us to all hit it shorter. Right. Yeah. Well, so what's here's. There's two parts to this because I'm against it because for the for the game itself and for the industry um, and for not just Encore, but 
even though Titleist, do they need any more market share? Sure don't. That doesn't mean I want to see them go out of business. Right. You know, I mean, they're, <laughs> right. they're good for the game because it gets people excited. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I don't, I don't want to see uh, other companies fail because of this or, or get whittled out. I mean, I think healthy competition and, you know, um, industry competition is good and it gets more people involved. The more people that are on the course, the more likely that at some point they're going to try our golf balls. So, um, you know, th- that's one part of it. From a encore golf-specific standpoint, here's what's interesting. You hear about people, if they lose a sense, their other senses are heightened. I am using this terrible metaphor as let's just define the performance characteristics of a golf ball. Mm-hmm. Let's call those senses. So for years, people have focused on, you know, spin, control, accuracy, field, distance. Distance has always been the sexy, you know, performance characteristic that everyone wants to go after. Like, it's just the human ego. You want to hit it longer than the person you're playing against. Now that distance is, for the most part, going to be taken back and and taken away from those quote-unquote senses, there is going to be a much greater emphasis on spin, control, accuracy, and feel. Mm Um, so although we don't want to have to make shorter golf balls because we make extremely long golf balls, mm-hmm. those, those that are right there with Titleist, yep. if we do, we still, we created Encore Golf with a never before seen technology of perimeter weighting. And we have that. That's, that's only something that we can do. So now, even though everyone's going to have to be hitting it shorter, guess who's still going to have the most accurate golf balls on the planet that's going to be us so Mm -hmm. from that standpoint you know it's like we think that we'll be able to withstand um the changes you know we have two two of uh the golf industry's most accomplished engineers that have worked at all those big guys including titleist um so i think we have the team in place to be able to create the the high performance product and focus on the other areas even more so and since distance will not be as great of a concern. Um, but I, that doesn't mean that, you know, just because that aspect might be good for us, uh, that I, you know, would take that at the, at the downfall of others. I, mm-hmm. I don't think that's the right attitude to have. But, and, and I don't think it's the right attitude to have it at the downfall of the growth of the game. Um, my curiosity lies in the fact that, I mean, and I'm not asking for specific numbers, Brett, but, I mean, what, how much – time, effort, and money would this cost to retool everything in your facilities uh, to, to accomplish shortening the golf ball? I mean, it's got to be a crazy expense, right? Uh, I don't think it will be. No, really? Uh, be perfectly, tell, yeah, tell me be why. Perfectly frank. There's, because a lot of what's going to happen is, you know, the shortening of the golf ball is going to probably have a lot to do with just the core, you know, chemistry, okay. which changes in all our balls. I mean, mm-hmm. we have our you know, we have our different um, degrees of metal-infused mantles, which create the, the perimeter weighting, and we can dial those up, dial those back. Um, that's easy. And then the other, you know, secret sauce to, to all our golf balls is the kind of core composition mm-hmm. and blends and everything that and materials that we use in the core to 
accentuate and, you know, work in parallel with the metal-infused mantle so that you're not just getting an accurate ball, you're getting the distance and, and so forth. Right. So, um, you know, I think, I think our engineers, because we had actually our, we had our weekly staff meeting on Wednesday, um, and it was really eye-opening, you know, having John uh, or having Mike Jordan talk about all the things and, and you know, brought up a lot of um, his both concerns but also things that, you know, he's like, listen, for us to be able to, to make a ball that still performs at an absolute elite level for all these other areas and dialing back the distance, he's like, this isn't going to be an issue for us. It'll take time because we want to make sure that we do it right. You know, we might have a little more emphasis on aerodynamics and, and stuff like that. But um, I don't think for us specifically it's going to. I mean, luckily we do have, you know, two engineers that this is what they're doing full time and a team under them. Um, and, I, you know, they've because they've been in the industry so long, they've designed golf balls that, you know, aren't as long as the ones that they've designed for us before. Right. Um, so they, they, I think they have a good handle. There will be a, a cost, of course. Um, there's going to be strategically, you know, this thing doesn't hit until 2028 and it doesn't even hit recreational golfers till 2030, unless that's changed over the last day. Um, but that means there's definitely plenty of time to still be, um, you know, not only creating the balls that we will be launching, uh, that would meet the new guidelines, but also, you know, golfers enjoying the current ones. Now, the other aspect of this is, you know, he was talking about, he just can't believe the the testing, you know, how, how they're going about determining, um, you know, what's going to be too long of a ball. Because he, he talks about how it's I, – I might be butchering this because I'm not an engineer, but uh, it was, you know, if you, if you hit a ball with 2,200 RPM or lower, like that's, that's more of a tour player. That's an elite player. Right. You're getting a lot less spin off the driver and stuff like that, and that's going to mean it's, you know, going super far. Most recreational golfers are hitting far above 2,200 RPM mm -hmm. off the tee. They're getting way more spin. And for every degree of spin means less distance. So it is going to have a lot greater effect in that capacity, and they're, they're you know, doing this rollback with uh, standards that just don't apply to the, to the everyday golfer. I mean, even really good golfers, but the, this is really meant for, you know, big time. And so it's like, why, why would you have that be a blanket rule that's, that's going yeah. across for everybody? And I, I don't know that the PGA will accept it. Who knows? I know that, um, you know, the USGA had used data uh, of theirs and they weren't happy about it. Um, so we'll see. Well, Brett, man, we always uh, enjoy speaking with you, and we look forward to more conversations. And, I, I, and I, again, I think this is far from being over. I think there's going to be a lot of different iterations of this, and it's going to be interesting to see where we end up. I agree. It's an it's a ever-changing um, issue, and I think uh, the discussions are, are just beginning. Definitely appreciate you having, having me on to kind of give our, our perspective, and, um, you know, we'll see what happens over the next – couple of years all right thanks a lot and appreciate the time you got it Thank take you, care Brad.